Today on Lockdown Blue Jackets, we are talking about everyone's favorite Russian defenseman and uh, phone help phone helpline person. Is that the, what it's called? This is uh, all about Vladislav Gabrikov on today's Lockdown Blue Jackets. Locked On Blue Jackets, your daily podcast on the Columbus Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Blue Jackets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am, as always, your host, Jay Foster, here to bring you the news, the stories, the trials, tribulations, the excitement, and everything in between of your favorite team and mine, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Before we get started, I want to thank everyone for making this your first listen of the day every day. Locked On Blue Jackets is free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. Uh, by the time this airs, I am pre-recording it, but by the time it airs, we may have hit the next milestone of subscribers, which is super, super exciting. So uh, thank you all for that. Uh, you're never going to have to get behind a paywall for a Locked On product, and that's our promise to you. So uh, get in on the ground floor while you can. I mean, it's always going to be the ground floor, but you know what I mean. Uh, today's episode is all about the one and only Vladislav Gavrikov. We're going to be talking about uh, his season last season, uh, who his defense partner could be next season, and uh, what his next contract might look like. So uh, let's let's start off with last season and uh, just a little bit of kind of before that history, because I feel like Vladislav Gavrikov kind of came out of nowhere. Um, so he was drafted by the Blue Jackets in 2015 in the sixth round. He was the 159th overall pick. Uh, after that, played in the KHL for the next four and a bit seasons um, and then signed his entry-level contract with the Blue Jackets. In the 1920 season, came in and uh, basically just kind of turned up a training camp and was like, hey, I'm making the team now. Um, played 69 games, nice. Uh, 18 points in his rookie season, played 55 games, had 12 points in the next season, uh, played for Russia in the World Championships for the past uh, four seasons, wore an A for them in 2021. And uh, last season, played 80 of 82 games and had 33 points, which I believe is the most points he's ever scored in a season of anything all the way back to under 16 hockey in Russia. Uh Vlaslav Kavrikov, up until the signing of uh, Erika Branson, was, I believe, the oldest regular defenseman on the Blue Jackets. And uh, he was the oldest regular defenseman at the uh, ancient age of 26. Uh, he turned 26 halfway through the season. He was the second most experienced Blue Jacket. He hit 200 games uh, this season as well, which I think tells you a lot about just how young and inexperienced this blue line is. If the 26-year-old Vladislav Gabrikov is the oldest and the second most experienced with 200 games, um, I believe when he and Wierenski were not in the lineup, the average NHL experience or the average number of NHL games with the rest of the Blue, of the blue Jackets defensemen was like 85 or 90 games. Um, so it seems pretty safe to say that Gavrikov is a big part of this team. And the other thing about Gavrikov as well is he's the only real shutdown defender that the Blue Jackets have. He's the only kind of defender that the Blue Jackets have in their regular lineup, I think, anyway, that is not offense-first kind of guy. Um, 
he is kind of the David Savard-esque player. Um, will throw his way around if he has to, is defense first. Um, sometimes he loses his mind and just like goes behind the net and decides he's going to score a goal in the same way that sometimes David Savard just decides he's going to walk around Victor Hedman and score a playoff goal uh, against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But that's... Uh, that's beside the point. Vladislav Gavrikov kind of does the the same job as Savard. Uh, sits on that second pairing and just kind of holds the fort down. Um, and he did a really good job. I was really impressed with Gavrikov. I've been impressed with Gavrikov for the past three seasons, honestly. I think he's such an underrated player that doesn't get nearly as much uh, airtime as he should because he's not you know as flashy as Warensky or Boquist. Um and he's not as exciting as any of those guys, I don't think. But what he is, is one of those players that you don't need to worry about. And we kind of talked about this a little bit with um, Tony Ferraro. We were talking about um, Aiden Treshuk, I believe, um, one of the Blue Jackets prospects. And the thing about Gavrikov is you don't need to worry about him. He will take like 20-ish minutes of ice time where you just don't have to worry. I think even with, you know, if you have Wernski and Boquist on the ice or Wernski and Bean on the ice, there's still an element of worry about your own zone. Gavrikov just kind of takes that away. Um, you know, I'm like, nothing is, nothing is going to happen if Gavrikov is going to be on the ice. Like, he's just a really kind of steady defenseman that does really good things for this team. Um, and sometimes he will put up points as well. He's never going to be a power play specialist. He's never going to score a bunch of highlight real goals. Um, you know, like I think the most goals he has ever scored, and again, this is going all the way up to, all the way back to under 16, is uh, his career high in goals is six, I believe. Um, he scored five of them this season. He scored five in his rookie season. Um you know, I don't know that he'll get more than 33 points next season. He might hit 35. I don't know that he'll hit 40. But that's not what you get Vladislav Gavrikov for. You get him to shut down the other team. Um, and something we're going to talk about in the next segment is why he should pair up with Adam Boquist next season. Um, so that's coming up in just a minute on Locked on Blue Jackets. But first, I've got to tell you about Bet Online because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Uh, you can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, uh, esports, even things like golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports, wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. They have you covered for everything that you could need. Uh, if you want to put money on, for example, Vladislav Gavrikov winning the Norris Trophy, it seems unlikely, but I bet you could put money on it over at betonline.net. So head there today on your laptop or mobile device to learn more about the action, uh, because BetOnline is where the game starts. So I talked about this in the uh, the Adaboquist episode uh, last week, but in my mind, that is the perfect second pairing for the Blue Jackets right now, is Gavrikov and Boquist, uh, and here's why. Boquist can be your offensively-minded guy. He can have some power play time to bump up his ice stats, but he doesn't necessarily need to be as defensively responsible as he would be if he was playing with anyone else on the team. Gavrikov immediately makes that pairing, I think, really, really good. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be more than a second-pairing guy, but 
he does make me think of um, a guy like a Nicholas Shamerson, for example. I don't think he's as good as Nicholas Shamerson, who, you know, for my money, is maybe the best defensive defender that's ever been, or that I remember, in the NHL and possibly in the last 20 years. Um, he's not going to be that, like that level of good, but what he could be is someone that the Blue Jackets can rely on. He can kill penalties. He could do even strength. Again, I wouldn't put him on the power play, but you don't want a guy like Gavrikov on the power play. Anyway, when you have a Warensky or a Boquist or even, you know, potentially a Bean or a Yurichek on the on the power play. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. And he's a great, again, going back to supporting characters versus main characters. Gavrikov is a supporting character. In the same way that Oliver Bjorkstrand was a supporting character in that they're both very, very good at what they do, but because they're not flashy and they're not loud, and um, I mean, uh, Bjorkstrand was ostensibly flashier, but somehow he managed to score like uh, 25, 30 goals and still have me be like, man, he's not flashy, he's kind of underrated, so, you know, do with that what you will. Gavrikov, I think, is the underrated player on this team. Uh, he's one of my favorite players to watch uh, because he just kind of slows everything down, steadies everything, and makes the team harder to play against in a way that I think people are hoping to get from Gabranson, but likely will not. Um, so, again, do with that, do with that what you will. Um, Gavrikov is a UFA at the end of this season, uh, so. It could be really interesting to see kind of where the Blue Jackets go with him in the future. Um, I think, well, I'm reasonably sure that they'll re-sign him. Um, he doesn't, to me, if the Blue Jackets don't aren't in the contention for playoffs, and I think they probably should be this season. If the Blue Jackets, if the Blue Jackets are not in playoff contention um, this season, he doesn't feel like a guy that can get flipped at the deadline. He's not that kind of player. Although I guess they flip David Savard, but he doesn't feel like one of those guys. He feels like a guy that will likely extend at some point throughout the season. When Kekalina knows what the team looks like, what the defense looks like, uh, he's currently making 2.8. And that feels about right. I think he's probably due a raise. Um, I could see him getting that Gabranson kind of 4 million for four years deal. And I would be more than okay with that. Um, and I think a lot of people would be. He's still, he's only 26. Uh, he plays left defense, which is important as well because the Blue Jackets have like two left defense without him. Uh, it, well, two left defense plus Jake Bean, who played right most of the season, but is actually a left-handed defenseman. Shout out to uh, Stanley on YouTube for pointing that out to me. Um, but even with Bean, they're still very thin on the left, and I think having Gavrikov there basically eliminates the need to... Gavrikov and Wernski are your two top left-hand defensemen and probably will be for the next two to five years, depending on uh, a couple of things, like whether Matejchuk is ready, depending on how Gavrikov's development goes. Um, so that's... That's kind of where, where we are with Gavrikov, is I would expect him to get re-signed, I would expect him to get a raise... And I'm not mad about either of those things for a variety of reasons, but mostly because it's tough to get. I feel like, and this is something that I probably should talk a little bit more about as well, is I feel like it's tough to get good second pairing guys. I feel like a lot of teams look for 
well, this guy isn't good enough to play on the first line, but he's not, he's too good to play on the third line, so we'll put him on the second pairing. Um, Gavrikov, to me, feels like a perfect second line player um, because you don't want him. He could play on the top line. Like, I wouldn't be upset to see him and Wierenski together, even though that's two left-handed guys. Um, he played with Seth Jones for a bunch of the season when Wierenski was injured and Jones was um, needed a, a top-line partner, and I extremely didn't hate that. I thought that was a, a pretty solid pairing. Um, but that's kind of where where we are with, with Gavrikov. Is I could see him on the first line, but I think he's much more effective on the second line in the same way... Um, Tony Ferrari talks about it with Cole Sillinger. You know, you could put him on that first line. He'd probably be fine. He'd probably be good on that first line. But you don't want him to become... You want him to be able to have his own line. Um, and while I don't think it's quite the same thing with Gavrikov, I think you want him on your second pairing. You don't want him on your first because you can't utilize him properly there. You, He's too good to be on the third pairing. Um, so put him on the second, give him a guy like Boquist, and... Uh, Profit, honestly, that uh, the Blue Jackets are in really good shape for this upcoming season with defensemen. I feel like I've said this about 1,700 times now with these defensemen reviews, but with the top four likely being Wierenski, being Gavrikov, Boquist, like that's, it's not an all-star top four necessarily. Um, you know, the the way, and this is going to sound stupid, but a few seasons ago when it was Wierenski and Jones on the top pairing. And then the second pairing was Savard and Johnson who like collectively had the highest plus minus in the league, I think, or they, they, I think they had the second and third best plus minus in the league. Like they were really, really good that one season. Um, I know it's stupid to talk about Jack Johnson as like an all-star guy, but I don't think the Blue Jackets are quite there with that level of defense yet where people are talking about, hey, do the Blue Jackets have like Loki the best defense in the league? I don't think they're there yet, but I think two or three years down the line, that could be the conversation. And I think it starts here with Wierenski, Bean, Boquist, Gavrikov, guys waiting in the wings, see what happens. Um, I mean, the other thing, of course, is that Gavrikov could be made obsolete this season if they decide that they want to put a young guy there instead of paying him because they're already paying, you know, for... They're paying a lot for Wierenski. Um They have to resign Peak next season. They have to resign, Bay, they have to resign uh, Beirutha next season. With a, I mean, that, I think, is probably not going to happen. But And then two years down the line, they've got to find uh, money for Jake Bean, Nick Blankenberg, and then, you know... Down the line from that is going to be um, Yurichek and Matejuk. And also uh, Kanesko, Stanislav coming off of their entry-level deals. So, uh, like I said, in uh, yesterday's, not yesterday's, Monday's episode, it's getting crowded out there on the blue line. I'd like to think that Vladislav Gavrikov could stick around, but again, it would be a really good problem if we were like, man, we don't have room for Vladislav Gavrikov because we have too many other young defensemen. Um, I don't think that'll be the case. I think Gavrikov is a perfect, older, steady veteran player that you keep around to stabilize the blue line, to be good in the room. Um, he's friggin' hysterical uh, off the ice as well. Like, he's just... He's just a good guy to have around, I feel like, in the same way that, you know, like Nick Foligno is a good guy to stick around. Um, I feel like Gavrikov, Gavrikov has um, alternate captain energy, I think, which is uh, which is kind of fun and neat. So that's that's Gavrikov in a, in a nutshell, I guess. Uh, looking for a big season from him next season. I'm looking for everyone to have a big season, but I think 
Gavrikov will probably have a low-key good season as opposed to, you know, I'm expecting Boquist being to have good, high-key good seasons, if that makes sense. But um, in terms of grades, I'm going to give him a B. B plus, I think. Um, I was going to make a poll for this and then I forgot because I'm terrible, but that's kind of... I could see an argument for A. I think uh, he took on a lot of responsibility this season. He was one of the... I think he was... Uh, one of two defensemen that played over 80 games. Um, you know, a lot of the defensemen were injured. I think Gav- Gavrikov missed two games, I think, either because of generic sickness or because he got put on the COVID protocol for a couple of games. So, uh, like, he didn't get injured. He's extremely hardy. Um, and, again, just a real solid, not flashy, not highlight real guy that gets the job done. He's he's a B plus. I think, and that's that's kind of how I feel like a B plus player should be. So that's that's Gavrikov. Um, no episode tomorrow because we're still on three a week. Uh, Friday's episode, we will be doing another one of these, unless of course there's any kind of news. Uh, we will be talking about uh, Dean Kukan, who is no longer with the team. Um, we might merge uh, two players together. Actually, we might do Dean Kukan and Gabriel Carlson because again, neither of those guys. Are with the team anymore. Um, Carlson signed in Washington as a UFA, and uh, Dean Kukan has gone back to Switzerland. So uh, we'll talk about those two guys, uh, what their seasons were like, uh, what went wrong. I don't think anything necessarily went wrong, but why they're not still with the team. Um, we'll talk about all of those and more on Friday. I have been Jay Foster. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jacob Foster, J-A-K-O-B-F-O-R-S-T-E-R. You can find this podcast at L-O underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, if you have comments, questions, criticisms, you can email me at lockdownbluejackets at gmail.com. And uh, thank you once again for making this your first listen of the day every day. Lockdown Blue Jackets uh, continues to be free and available on all podcast platforms and also over on YouTube. And uh, that's all I've got for you today. So until Friday, make sure you stay locked on.